wanna dance alone and heal for a while As I grow to breathe underwater Eyes closed, body soft when I melt down Shiny puddle on the ground Music always shows me how My whole life I knew I meant for the stage Impossible to explain It's like I'm a tidal wave My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, wow, I get to do an episode in English today. I'm super, super excited about that. We're doing long distance. It's still a pandemic, still a panoramic. Um, and right now we're listening to a song called Curione. This is by Marquesa. Uh, and so we're going to play that out, and we'll be right back with a very, very special guest. I can walk away from my dreams. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think of me. Work too hard to get where I am. I just introduced you as Marquesa, and I feel like I just made that such a gringo pronunciation. Um, but, you know, I got Marquesa, Marina Marquesa. Uh, you know, again, you'll correct me shortly, but um, hi, how's it going? 
Good. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gassed. I, 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 you know, I told you, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. I haven't done an episode in, in English in several months. Um, and yeah, I'm just happy to, to, to talk to cool artists from beyond the borders. Um, uh, how are you today? Killing it? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. And about the pronunciation, I don't really care, honestly, because like at the end of the day, like you were saying, you're doing an English like episode, but <laughs> I'm not fluent in Spanish. I am sure. like a diaspora child, hey. you know. I might say Marquesa sometimes. I might say Marquesa. Marquesa, I have heard before. No, <laughs> we won't be doing that on this day. Yeah, not um. today. Not, <laughs> not today. No, but yeah, I'm good. I'm busy um, in this panaderia. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but just, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about my music and just be here today so thank and you. very excited to, to have you i've been I, i've been listening to uh, your stuff since 2019 when i got a i got a little record i think i i don't remember if it was you or if i got it through a, a publicist but i got your album uh, orbit pluto in 2019 so when you contacted me recently i was like wait i absolutely know who this person is and <laughs> you know whatever uh but again so for the listeners at home uh or on the train or on the treadmill who don't have the, the background that I do. Um, let's start from the beginning. Who are you and what is it that you do? Oh, shit. Um, first of all, that's so affirming that you even know about Orbit Pluto and everything. I feel like that was my beginning as Marquesa. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, I'm a producer, uh, visual artist. I just really love anything creative. I've been singing since I think I could talk or maybe even before I could talk um, mm -hmm. just with it. It just brings me so much joy. And yeah, right now I'm based in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I am Japanese and Venezuelan. I use they, them, theirs and she, her, hers pronouns. Cool. Um, but yeah, what what do you want to know? <laughs> hey. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I think there's there's lots to unpack there. Um, so, uh, so we were just talking about Orbit Pluto. So like you and you and your, and your early beginnings, I, I, how would you describe your sound at this point? Cause like, I mean, if I were lazy, I'd just say like, you're an R&B singer, but like, you know, there's so much more, you know, contained within, uh, like mm -hmm. how, like what, is, what is your musical language, I guess. For sure. I mean, it's kind of like a hard question, I think for a lot of artists, cause it's like, for people who are influenced by more than one genre, it's like, what do you mm -hmm. say is like your sound, you know? Um, and like, this might be kind of corny, but I really like just saying that I'm like genre fluid in the same way sure. that I feel very gender fluid because on one hand, like growing up, like I am influenced by so many different genres, like genres that don't have anything to do with each other. I think the way that I sing is definitely very influenced by like R&B, but it's also very influenced by jazz. Like I also like, grew up doing rock like mm -hmm. I just released like a little little rock EP for my high school band hey. and like <laughs> um that's also on my Spotify it's called White Elephant so I feel like I've just jumped around so much and all of that like comes with me when I'm writing something totally. but yeah I think like right now like with my most recent release Omizudiosa like it's the singing is definitely very like R&B heavy but every song is kind of like a different genre so i just really love to experiment like that 
Totally, totally. And I, I mean, I think that's so cool that you put up that that White Elephant record uh, on Spotify because a lot of artists are very often very embarrassed or or cringe at their early stuff. And I mean, I was having a conversation about it with a with a friend this week, and I was like, "Don't you ever delete it or or like <laughs> or shy away from it because honestly, it's like it's so important." to like put out a new record and be like, and feel proud of that. And then like go back to that cringy record and be like, you know what? Like I have come a long way, you know, it's, yeah. it's extremely important to, to have that reference, you know, cause again, as, as an artist, like, you know, you're a product of what you're experiencing at, at, at a, at a certain time. Um, and you know, and again, this new EP I think is really beautiful. Uh, it's three records, it's short and sweet, but there is no fat on it. It's a pretty straightforward. Every single one is lit. Um, uh, tell us about the process of creating Omizu Diosa. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and like, yeah, I was also going to say, like, I think it's so nice to hear that it's like, don't delete that shit when you put nope. it out. Cause I definitely go through that, you know, but I think anyone who's creative, it's like hard to look back, you know, but mm -hmm. I also want to acknowledge like you said, where I've come from. And I feel like if I don't put out those rock songs I did, like no one will ever knew, know that I was like in a fucking rock band. So totally. Yeah. But um, yeah, with Omizu Diosa, it was a concept that I've had in my head for a really long time. Um, I'm very conceptual and like, I'm very obsessed with like the ocean and all of the things that that embodies. And I've always been really fascinated by the fact that like in cultures in many different cultures and especially like indigenous cultures too, like, uh parts of nature can just emphasize and really like mean something so much deeper than like what it is that you see on the surface and mm -hmm. so i wanted to use the ocean as sort of like a metaphor for all of those layers that we're talking about and cool. the title omizu diosa is kind of just an homage to where i come from omizu is japanese for water okay and diosa is obviously goddess in spanish and so trying to like trying to embody like my final form like my final <laughs> Pokemon evolution, like whatever that looks like. Um, and, and so, yeah, so that's been a concept for a really long time, but it's not something that I really started doing until I met um, a local producer in Salt Lake City that I've like known of for a while. His name's Adam Fuller. Mm -hmm. And Adam is in a really popular band around here called Ivories. And okay. so like, we've like even performed on stage together and, and stuff before the pandemic, like Bef right before the pandemic actually that was our last show i actually played with them on stage and we did like a drake cover it was like really cute <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah so i just i just hit adam up i was like hey uh do you want to ever do like a collab together and actually the very first thing he sent me was the instrumental to the first song on omisubiosa which is kurione and it just was so like it just embodied everything that I've been wanting to write. Mm -hmm. And I ended up writing like pretty much the entire song in like an hour and recording it and sending it back to him. And it just, it was just very natural working with him. And I feel like um, Omizidiosa is just really important to me because up until now I have like produced everything myself as well. Okay. And that's been like really intense, but I have like, pushed myself to learn how to produce and that's been like a huge thing for me but ultimately like my dream is to focus more on songwriting sure and so this is like the first time I've worked with a producer that like gets me and mm -hmm. I feel like we communicate really well and he's just been really supportive and he was like hell yeah like I'm down to do this like let's do this EP so he it we co-produced the whole thing 
it's cool it's cool to hear that again this was like i I mean because up until that moment that you said that you pretty much produced everything because the production on orbit pluto is really solid i mean it's like you know it's your first record but like it sounds solid and like i i didn't remember too much because again i heard this back in 2019 and you know anybody who knows me knows that i receive entirely too much music um (laughs) to retain very much um but i remember like i remember the i I was like i don't remember what it sounds like but i remember that the title track i dig and then i went back in and i was like yeah cool this is great um thank you you know (laughs) uh so like i i I mean it's cool like that you were able to sort of cultivate a, a production partnership with uh, with Adam Fuller. Um, and, and again, like it does, it, you know, it definitely seems like a step forward. Um, I am curious about, uh, this record that you put out in 2020 called Salty, which I had mm-hmm. no idea that you released. I, I just basically found out today. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't have enough time to, to, to listen to it, but like, tell us a little bit about that record. Like what, what, you know, like I'm trying to fill in the gaps here between Orbit Pluto, Salty and, uh, and Omisu Dioza. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Salty was wild. I mean, I did put that out like in the summer, like right in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of one of those times where I didn't really push it very much, like as far as like online and stuff. It was a very personal project. And, you know, I think every artist kind of maybe struggles with this, but it's like, how much do I want to promote something like this is just meaningful to me. Like, I don't necessarily care if I make money off of it, like that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, like fuck capitalism, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, Salty, I produced all of that myself too. It was kind of a project where it was more focused on the city that I'm living in right now in Salt Lake City. And um, it was a, it was kind of like a, where Orbit Pluto, like I wrote everything i produced everything and then like paid an engineer to like mix and master it salty i wanted to take a step further and like i taught myself a lot about mixing and and mastering and and then i did that myself so it's kind of like a rough ep like in a way it's definitely not like mixed as beautifully and perfectly as orbit pluto is sure but it was my experiment of like what if i literally did everything myself like literally and then like i couldn't even like do a photo shoot or anything for the cover. I took that selfie in my bathtub. Like the quality is fucking terrible. Like (laughs) I just, I just like wanted to put out something that I a hundred percent did myself. And so then, then I felt like I could then work with other people and kind of like relax a little bit Mm because I tend to like do too much. Um, But yeah, that was kind of what Salty is about. And I didn't really promote it that much. I mean, it was also during the time of like, a lot of protests and just a lot of things that I felt were more important yeah. to promote in that moment. And I didn't want to use, you know, my limited platform, but like a platform to kind of just like promote something by myself. Like I wanted to like promote activism and like the organizers in my community. Totally. And so yeah, Salty kind of, I mean, I even kind of forget about it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like I know so many artists who were like, you know, like they were like, this record is ready. Mm-hmm. But should I drop it? Like, is it appropriate because of the pandemic? Or again, yeah. more stateside artists were very like, you know, like, I can't, I don't feel right about promoting my new video, but also like yeah. Black Lives Matter, you know, like it just, it wasn't, exactly. uh, it just felt a bit tone deaf. And and I totally respect the people who released stuff. And I also respect the people who didn't because also artists got to eat and the world doesn't just stop. So uh, exactly. it's, it's a tricky balance and everybody, you know, walks that line however they, they see best. Um, well, uh, I, I, you know, I, w- uh, so Curione 
um, just which was the song which uh, we, eh, we opened the show with Curione. Uh, and again, this is off Omisu Diosa, your new EP. Um, uh, and again, you were saying that like it was the first instrumental that Adam sent your way, that the words just flowed right away. What What's the song about? Tell us a bit about Curione. Sure. So Curione, kind of like the title, like the song names are Japanese, English, and then Spanish. So Curione okay. is Japanese for a specific uh, ocean creature. And I don't know how to pronounce the English word, so I'm not even going to try. But <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like a jellyfish looking creature, but it's so cute. It's kind of, it kind of has what looks like wings and people oh. kind of call it the sea angel, like a, um, or it's like sea butterfly. And it's just like a creature that I've always been obsessed with. Like I love marine biology. <laughs> I love the ocean. Um, but I, when I was writing the song, I didn't I didn't think of the word curione until I was talking about um, like being like your angel. Like I want to be your angel, and it's kind of like a complicated song because I think I'm writing more about wanting to feel more confident in myself and wanting to really like be here for what I came here to do. And I say that in the song where I'm like singing is like just my life and it's like what anything else fails me like music still like has got me you know and so I think Curion is kind of like trying to be my own version of that sea angel like trying to be the angel in my life before I can be like angels to anybody else and cool. really just trying to like embody that um yeah and it just like fell out of my head like Adam's music is just so solid and I think Adam has also done a really good job of like listening to what I've done up until now because he really crafted this with me in mind. And so it was a really affirming experience to like write to music that I feel like was really written for me. And so it's like just an amazing collaboration, I think, did this EP. I'm really grateful for it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And so what we're going to do now is actually we're just going to transition to some music uh, because up next we're going to listen to two different artists, both from Salt Lake City. Um, and I want to I don't want to get too much into SCL just yet because uh, this opening section is getting a little long. Uh, so first we're going to listen to Toto Peña. Uh, the song is called Aguas de Marco. And when we come back, we're going to really uh, get into some Utah goodness. de toco um pouco sozinho é um caco de vidro é a vida é o sol é a noite é a monte é um laço um sol é pero bate o campo é o não da madeira carrega cadê uma tinta pereira é uma madeira de vento tumbo da ribanceira é um mistério profundo eu queira não queira é o vento ventando é o fim da ladeira é a viga um bom Esta de agumieira É a chuva chovendo Com essa ribeira Nas águas de março É o fim da canseira É o pé, é o chão É a magistradeira Passarinho na mão Pedra de atiradeira É uma ave no céu É uma ave no chão É um regate, uma fonte Um pedaço de pau É o fundo do poço É o fim do caminho No rosto desgosto É um pouco sozinho Chegando, é a lenha, é o dia, é o fim da picada, é 
eu garrafa de cana E as tilhas são castradas E um projeto da casa Na corte, na cama E um carro que sabe É lama, é lama É um passo, uma ponte Um sapo, uma rama Um resto de mato na luz da manhã São as águas de março Fechando o verão É a promessa de vida No teu coração
And the second song that we just heard there is by Jazzy Olivo. It's called El Circo. Again, the first one was Toto Peña. The second is by Jazzy Olivo. Um, now, these are both, uh, again, local artists, uh, you know, Salt Lake City. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, both of these artists that we just heard. Yeah. Uh, so Toto Peña is a friend of mine, and he's actually Venezuelan as well. And if you live, I mean, I think if you live anywhere in the world, I'm sure, but especially if you live in a place like Utah, um, any kind of solidarity just like means so much. And sure. I think I've known, I've known him for a minute, but he's also um, in a band called June Pastel, and they're also incredible. I've played shows with them here always so fun and just like talented and yeah i just definitely recommend checking him out and also june pastel both salt lake city artists and you know there's not a whole lot of us here i feel like so we gotta like lift each other up amazing <laughs> what what about jazzy olivo yeah so jazzy oh my god jazzy olivo is probably 
There are so many amazing artists here, but I would say that Jazzy has one of my favorite voices that I've ever heard in Utah. Like her voice is just so incredible. It is so like refined mm -hmm. and also just so unique. Um, she is just a powerhouse like writer and everything. And, and so she does like jazz stuff. She's done like gigs. She's played all sorts of music, but her, her like own music is very unique. And I just really want her to get out there so listen to jazzy <laughs> amazing again uh, for the listeners at home that was toto peña and jazzy olivo now um i you know we gotta get like this is actually kind of like one of the things that i've been mean that one of the things that i was most excited to talk about was utah um because i mean first of all it's not you know, uh, necessarily top of the list when people start talking about music scenes in the U.S. Um, you know, the, it, there's definitely, uh, you know, an aura of, of uh, conservatism, conservatism. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously like Church of Latter-day Saints and all that jazz. But like, you know, one of my best friends is from Utah, currently lives there. Like he, like I met, we met in New York City. He's like, you know, this big gay rights, was a big gay rights activist in like the 80s and early 90s in Utah wow. and then moved to New York. And then he like, you know, got older and was like, you know what? Like I've been able to reconcile a lot of those feelings um, and, and went back and, you know, is living his life, you know, and all that jazz. So I just, I want to like, you know, I want to like tackle these sort of uh, impressions, I guess, these sort of, preconceptions and just sort of get to reality of it because like again i feel like especially i'm a new yorker and a lot of people feel like I, i'm sure in new york i wouldn't be the only one that feels like you're gonna land in utah and the first thing you're gonna see is a is a, is a church and and i or or like a rock <laughs> formation and i feel like there's a lot in between those two so let's talk about life in utah and let's talk about music in utah what, what can you tell us yeah, rock formation got me though. That's <laughs> <laughs> like getting off like a Salt Lake City International Airport and there's just like Arches National Park or something. Hey, wouldn't you know that what? be lit I though? Wish, I wish because the church one is a little bit more accurate. No, <laughs> you will see those. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, to be completely real, I mean, it is hard. Like, and like one thing, actually, this also goes back to Orbit Pluto and Salty as well. But I was raised Mormon, which is the reason why my okay. family ended up here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not anymore. <laughs> I would say that I escaped and I'm also like still like <laughs> internally trying to heal and escape, you know, every sure. day in a lot of ways. Um but yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's like, on one hand, like, this is where I've spent the most of my time. So there's a lot that like, at some point, like, this is all I know, in some ways. But right. um, I think what is beautiful, if I can say like something positive about the music scene here is that we're just like very tight knit, I think, mm -hmm. like, everyone kind of knows everybody else. And in, in a way, that's kind of like a nightmare. But I also think <laughs> it's kind of cool, like, creatively, like, I'm just able to see the same people and the pandemic of course has made it really hard but um, sure. like the culture here is something that I'm constantly having to navigate and even growing up in the church like even after leaving the church like it just informs so much of the decision making in the state and like the people who are in positions of power like for the most part like the higher up you go they're also like either affiliated with the church or they're like taking the church's money and so sure it's it's hard and i think like like as one of many people of color and and queer people of color specifically living here like 
it's complicated. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Very complicated. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to live in some place like New York. Like, I would love to go there and, like, experience that, you know. But um, I think I think that's where music becomes my safe space. Totally. No, I mean, and this is why I enjoy these conversations and why, for me, like, because I don't even, I, I live in Mexico City now, but, like, travel is so important for me because, like, again, like, I... I'm dying to go to Utah. I'm when I tell like my friend lives in St. George and I oh, am. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, just fly to Vegas. It's hella cheap to fly into Vegas. And you just take like a bus, you know? <laughs> um, and I, I'm dying to go to Utah because like at the end of the day, like, you know, I have my preconceptions and like, I also, you know, I want to confirm some and I want to, you know, destroy others and just sort of like get a sense of reality i'm not interested in in demonizing or you know like like the church sure. the church is a reality it is what it is and mm -hmm. you know and it has its flaws and it has its virtues and it is again that's just how life works and uh you were mentioning you know that this uh you know it definitely ties into your ethnic background you, you know uh, uh i believe you your parents are japanese and venezuelan correct yeah, and I was actually born in Japan, so I've spent a lot of time there, and I'm fluent in Japanese. But oh wow, like, yeah, but I didn't really like get a whole lot of chances to learn like Spanish growing up. So at this point, like I understand quite a bit, especially if it's like Venezuelan Spanish specifically. Sure. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely like it definitely is why I think when when I'm in Utah or like Salt Lake City and I like meet another Venezuelan or something, we're like, hey. Oh what <laughs> like, like instantly family you know because like there's just not very many of you or like where are you gonna meet each other you know yeah um so in that way like i would say it's, it's kind of like a beautiful little underground community when it comes to like creatives but also like activists and like people mm. of color and i think the community that i have found with queer people of color especially has like really saved me and um what does yeah. that community look like in salt lake city like what you know like are there community centers? Are there when we're not in a Panda Express? Are there nightclubs? Like, you know, what are what are spaces or or resources yeah. uh, for for queer people uh, of color in 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 Salt Lake? Sure. Yeah. When we're not in a Panda Express, um, <laughs> one of my favorite things about it is like it's very like DIY and like I guess in a way that's kind of sad, right? Because there isn't a whole lot of like established physical spaces, but right. like. Right. For example, the past couple of years, a couple of friends of mine like created their own little community space called Existimos. Okay. And, and this is like Patricia Campos and Graciela Campos. They're like huge on Twitter. So I'm sure you like have interacted with them. They're so sweet. Um, <laughs> Not, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm the kind of Twitter uh, user that like comes in, drops the promo thing and walks right back on. out. Nice. I, yeah. I, I, or at least I try. So. I don't know. I don't know your 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 friends, but I, I'm you know I'm sure that they're they're doing uh, the Lord's work, Joseph yeah. Smith, Joseph Smith's work. Oh uh, hell no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so it's so cool because yeah, like like what they what they used to do, and and hopefully you know after the pandemic, like we can get back to doing this kind of stuff. But they would they would literally just hold events, like hold events. They cool. would like sometimes it would be at a new place. There was a while where they even were able to actually rent out a physical space. And because of the pandemic, I think like that wasn't able to be continued. But sure. like whether it was just a fucking dance party or if it was like a lesson or if it was like a movie night or if it, like a community organizer would come and speak, like they would hold these spaces and create these safe spaces for people 
um, to come in and be seen and be like protected and heard. And that kind of stuff I think is, is like the stuff that really hits me the most because sure. we have to literally create those opportunities in those spaces here. And I think especially when it comes to music and like the creative community, like we held, they held their own like pride event when like, cause Amazing. there is the pride center, but you know, historically, and especially like in the, the past couple of years, like the pride center has also been absolutely like infiltrated and like sure. very just like problematic because at the end of the day, like they're making their own money, you know? So Existium also like held their own like counter pride event and like I got to perform at that and it was probably Ooh. my favorite event I've ever done. Like the whole lineup was like queer people of color. Like it was beautiful. That's the kind of stuff that like makes me so happy to like yeah. be here because I think I'm sure that there is obviously amazing work everywhere, but when you're in a place that is so dramatically conservative, like when you create those little pockets, like mm. it's life saving, you know? No, totally. What are some like ads that people can follow? Like whether it's Twitter or Instagram or, you know, cause I'm sure this is something that will interest quite a few people. Yeah. Um, so there's Existimos is, I'm just pulling it up right now. Please so do. Yeah. Yeah, at existimos.co on Instagram. Okay. Um, there's also, I mean, I want to shout out so many people, but uh, there's also like a new, this is kind of like separate, but there's also a Black Lives Matter SLC chapter now. Amazing. It's always been a Black Lives Matter Utah, but so this is kind of separate and they're very worth following as well. Um, other people just like off the top of my head that I want to mention, especially right now with what's going on, um, Utah against police brutality Work. is a really incredible, um, group of people. Um, there's, oh, there's also, um, definitely follow local propagandists on okay. Instagram. It's just local propagandists. This is a group of like um, activists and artists and they create like all of the flyers, all of the posters that everyone has been taking to protests and t-shirts and everything um, about the current events. And there's so much more, but that's like kind of what comes to my head right now. Amazing. And, and honestly, like, so I lived in Chile for two years uh, mm-hmm. back in 2010 and 2011. And, and Chile is uh, a very conservative country. And one thing that I learned there is that like the more conservative the country, the sort of, sort of more radical response there is. So like, I mean, if this is the, you know, I mean, and, and I, in my mind, I'm like, well, Utah is I would say up there among the most conservative of states in the, in the, yeah. in, in the union. So I would, I would imagine, and again, and also having this friend, I would imagine like that the, the, or, you know, people are organized, people are galvanized, people are ready to show up and show out, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm very, very excited to, to, to hear all that. Um, and, um, and I think, oh, and before we, because we're about to listen to a Venezuelan artist, um, I highly recommend for you, uh, Marina, um, check out, uh, maybe follow uh, Vero Valletti Flores, aka Vero Con Platanos, aka La Vero, yes. from, from Radio Menea. Yes. Uh, iconic queer Venezolana. Oh, I'm already a stan. I'm already a stan. I already stand so hard. And actually, that is so nice to hear too, because Radio Menea has gotten me through some moments here, mm-hmm. like I tell you with the culture at work, like all white workplaces. And I'm listening to them talking <laughs> about like Taini versus Looney Tunes. And yep. I'm like, <laughs> that episode was lit lit. 
good. Those and are my favorite episodes of them of theirs. Whenever they they just take like this one random thing and they're like, all right, we're gonna tear it apart. <laughs> like, you know, today we're gonna talk about Elvis Elvis Crespo's like suavemente yeah. album. I'm like, I'm there. I don't even really like salsa or merengue, and I'm like, I will listen to that because it's a proper deep dive. I love, love, love. Yeah. Uh, I love Radio Manas. Shout out to to Vero and of course Perez. Yeah, um, and also <laughs> quick little shout out, especially to Vero because they also shouted out Curione on their last episode. Hey. So, thank you. <laughs> lit, lit, la familia, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I think that's a good transition to Arca, which is our next, uh, our next artist. And um, you brought in, a, a, you know, this is happening the day after 420. Mis yeah. queridos. Um, and Happy so this, holidays. Hey. <laughs> uh, and we're going to listen to a song called Too Blunted, um, which is extremely appropriate. Uh, tell us about the song. because And I was really, because you showed me, because I, I don't, I'm not a huge Arca fan. Like I have my moments with Arca, but mm-hmm. like you showed me, and then you said the album and I didn't know. And then you showed me the artwork and I was like, oh, it's one of the old ones. Yeah. Um, which may, I was like, cool. Like, this is like from when Club Phonograma were the ones writing, were the only ones writing about Arca. Um, mm. So tell us about obviously your relationship to Arca and then uh, to Blended. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so many different reasons, but I would say like Arca, I learned about because of Bjork. And like, course, this is yeah. again, like so many, so many different genres and like little moments I've been through, like little like stages. But um, I'm also very, very much into like the weird, experimental shit like as weird as it gets like I think I've probably just wanted to make music that is barely music like I do still have that idea um and I've got like I had heard just like through production and just the way that um I believe she uses she her hers now but yes so thank you but um just just she just has like a way of making these new noises that it's almost like abrasive like it's almost like you don't know how to listen to it and it's like she doesn't give a fuck about like mm-hmm. making it sound nice or like comfortable and I think that it's just really beautiful that she's been recognized enough at this point and then coming out as trans being just like an openly proud just like vibrant just out there Venezuelan like to me like mm-hmm. to someone who's like never really been around a whole lot of like community from that specific culture other than like my immediate family like she's just been a role model for me as a producer. And so like Too Blunted is like a shout out to all my favorite stoners because I don't smoke <laughs> anymore. But <laughs> everybody who does, it's just it's just weird and cute and funny. And I just think that like her humor really comes through with it. So Totally. And I, I, I love that you like specifically highlighted her sort of like constant uh like sort of tributes or homages to venezuela because like i like so i saw her and bjork perform together (laughs) no uh, you didn't in 2017 it was crazy good um arca was like we if we were all kind of surprised that because arca then was still presenting as mostly male or, mm-hmm. or, or somewhat uh, non-binary, um, mm-hmm. but they were wearing at the time a, a suit, like a black suit and heels. And we're like, what? oh, there she is, there she is. Ah! And then she, but then she turned around and the suit was completely uh, see-through from the back. It was just like organza or something. So she was just like in a little thong on the back. It was lit, lit, like it's just like Ugh. work. Um, That's but, beautiful. 
But like she came, that was at Festival Ceremonia 2017. Uh, and she came back in 2018. She was booked again, and but this time solo. And mm-hmm. uh, and I had I wasn't there, but a, a number of friends uh, saw her and they also saw her at uh, Primavera Sound. And there she like, she plays again, like her crazy sort of noisy, glitchy stuff. Mm-hmm. But she would also like infuse it with merengue and salsa oh. and like, you know, like random sort of like Venezuelan folk songs. And so like my Venezuelan friends who were there were like, it was yeah. sick. It was fucking I'm cool. sure they were losing their minds. 100%. That's, that's exactly, I feel like you really touched on like the reason why like artists like her are really important to me because there is like a certain level of experimental that musicians will go into and like, it's all cool and like weird or whatever. But I really feel like the stuff that really hits for me mm-hmm. is the people that are also like very rooted in where they come from. And like when you have that root, like when you have that foundation and then you experiment, like to me, like from my perspective, that's like the most experimental shit ever because you could just stay here. But it's like, what happens if I fucking mix this salsa sound with like the sound of like a laundry machine being destroyed on the street? I feel like that's (laughs) where her mind goes. And I just think that's genius. So yeah, I really like her. I mean, I don't think we can gush enough about Arca, so we're just going to transition into that song. It's called Too Blunted, uh, and we will be right back with more Marquesa. show de música emergente latinoamericana donde mezclamos entrevistas con los sonidos más frescos del underground su anfitrión Richard Villegas es un periodista musical contribuyendo a publicaciones como Remezcla, Rolling Stone y Bandcamp y con Song Mess las conversaciones toman un giro más casual y personal revelando el mundo interior de cada invitado Song Mess está disponible en todas las plataformas digitales y lo puedes escuchar por todos los lunes y jueves a las 9 de la mañana. Song Mess.
loving me, our delicious Drive to Georgia, 19 hours on my vacation I ain't never left the state, man, I've been waiting And that pretty boy still hit me up on strange occasions oh, We was kids and we was younger so I stopped to wonder, I'm not you, but I remember Raindrop December I've been wondering if you'd call me Move like tsunamis I'm with strangers in this lobby Like Kamikaze I ain't really know you was freaky though I sound like Cheerios And you got a little Vimeo What's the password? You just froze Don't you got enough materials? Say you gotta go find more notes And I told you just leave me alone I told you just leave me alone Yeah, I really don't feel good, does it? I'll shove it You don't ever say my bad You nothing, you nothing Told me that I wasn't worth it You bugging, you bugging If it wasn't so selfish You love it, you love it I'm still driving all alone It's automatic My eyes are tired I'm driving slow, no sign of traffic I pull over, go to sleep, listen to classic Think of you and you and me, cause I'm an addict oh, We was kids and we was younger I stopped to wonder, I'm not eating, but I remember Raindrop December I've been wondering if you'd call me Move like tsunamis, I'm with strangers in this lobby I'ma leave this state and never come back I'ma never come back to you again Yeah, I really don't feel good, does it? I'll shove it You don't ever say my bad You nothing Told me that I wasn't worse You bugging, you bugging If you wasn't so selfish You love it, you love it And we're back. And uh, we, the second song that we just heard there is called Kamikaze. This is by Omar Apollo, uh, who, you know, despite me not being a huge fan, has played quite a bit on this show. Um, tell us about, uh, about why we listened to the song, Marina. Sure. I mean, there's not a whole lot of deep meaning since I really only started listening to him this week. So I'm really curious. Like, I really want to hear all the tea because I really don't know anything about this guy. <laughs> Um, but I just kept noticing, especially for like my friends who all follow like Kaliuchis and stuff. There's just mm -hmm. like this dude with like a guitar and like a bath of purple water yeah. that I've just seen since like last year. And I'm like, oh my God, like when is this picture going to go away? Yeah. So this week I finally, <laughs> on like Monday, like just during work, I was like, all right, let me listen to this shit. I thought it was cute. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. love all the songs. I picked my favorite, 
And part of the reason why I picked it is because of the theme of Omizudiosa Kamikaze. It's a Japanese word too. So I was like, okay, cute. I don't know why he's referencing that in the song, but <laughs> what is the actual um, what is the actual uh, meaning of kamikaze? Because I know what it is culturally, it like in pop culture these days, but like what what does it actually translate to? I'm not sure exactly what it translates to because Japanese is weird because it depends on the context too. Mm. Like if you just look at the word kamikaze, and I'm could be completely wrong. This is just from my like fluency, but like kamikaze is like kaze is like wind. Okay. And Kami is like God. And again, I'm not sure if this is why the meaning is what it is in like popular culture, but something about like taking that wind in like your own like sure. control and like losing control. Like, you, you know, like it's it's kind of like why maybe Kamikaze pilot is a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because So like there's a connection there. I don't get the connection between the song and the name, but I just really want to hear more about him because I really don't know. I just thought I'm, it was a good song. It's I relaxing. I don't actually know too much about Omar Apollo. I just generally find him boring, which is, which for me is, is like, I, it's not even like, you know, like I, I, I can forgive a lot of stuff. Like, you know, like a, a band is just starting out. The record's not the most polished or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. You're starting out. It's whatever, you yeah. know, but like, if you're boring, if you don't really have anything to say, uh, it's not for me. And, you know, and it's just like, I'm like, I'd rather you yeah. just go away. There's already too much music happening. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like, uh, again, like I know that he is a good musician, you know, and has uh, 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 collaborated with many stars and presented much polished work. But at the end of the day, I feel like there was a moment there, like with this last album, like he did a corrido, which was oh, real, yeah, I remember that. real cringy. <laughs> um, and it just feels like his label is really trying to sell him. And they don't yeah. know what they're selling so they're so they're just like try 10 different genres and we'll see which one sticks and i can see that it's not my favorite strategy for an artist i'd rather an artist just tells me what the hell they want to say and and who they are and what they want to do and if it sucks it sucks but at least the artist is happy you know and if i don't like it i don't have to fucking like it but to me the audience is hella secondary yeah. Um, you as an artist have a, a, I guess, a responsibility to communicate what you're feeling, what you're going through, yeah. you know, like what, what's the vibe? What is the artistic, what are the aesthetics? What are the sounds that you're like vibing to right now? So like, right. again, like, I mean, you bringing Omar Apollo, I would never shit on that. Cause like, again, you get to like whatever <laughs> you, the hell you get to like, I mean, you know, who am I to say, but, yeah. um, and I'm sure that there is a, I mean, he is clearly talented. He can sing, he can fucking, you know, kill a guitar, um, yeah. I just, I guess I just want to hear Omar Apollo and not yeah. what, whatever the record label wants to make him a star. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I'm at, at this point, I'm a bit biased against him, but I definitely like when I hear something, I don't, I'm not a hater to be a hater. If I hear something that I did, yeah. I'm going to be into it. And that's, you know, I'll be surprised, but I'll be into it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is what's so good about like this kind of conversation too. And especially like the position you have with like song mess and stuff, like you get to like, like, I feel like really good art. It should also kind of be like a critical thing. And like, I really love hearing people's like criticism, whether it's like good or bad. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. that's what pushes things forward. And like, that's what, in my head as an artist, like I'm extremely self-critical. So like, so, like, I mean, I'm too self-critical, mm -hmm. but, but it's like, it's like the reason why is because I really care about what I'm making. Like I want to make the best thing that I can. And I feel like I've never achieved that. So that's why I'm like constantly like trying to push myself. So sure. it's really cool to hear. Like, I really appreciate that like 
perspective, especially because I only started listening to Omar Apollo this week. Hey. And like, when I really think about it, I've listened to the full album a few times, but that's the only song that I really remember. Trust so it. you're probably right. I mean, it's probably, it's like relaxing background music, but I, I wouldn't know if like, you like told me which song to point out. Like, But but imagine saying that, like if someone said that to you, like your music is relaxing background music, like that's not where you want to be. You you ha- you clearly have something to say. And I'm sure he does too. And you know what, Omar <laughs> Apollo, if you want to come and change my mind on this show, come through. You're very through. welcome. You're We're very right welcome. Here. You're somewhat attractive. You know, like I'd, I'd be into it. <laughs> See, this rum is starting to hit, see? Um, <laughs> But um, no, um, I, I, I think another thing that really sort of like rubbed me the wrong way is that like cause, uh, he was profiled last year around Pride season. Um, and, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and like, you know, like he's hinted at queerness and like he was asked about it. He's like, I'm just chilling. And to me, I know a lot of queer artists who have been, you know, who have either lost opportunities or have been thrown into the quote unquote ghetto of being a queer artist and that you never get to be anything other than a queer artist. You're no longer an artist, you're a queer artist. And so like, but at least they live in their quote unquote truth. Um, So if you're gonna, if you're gonna try to get that pink money, if you want to get the rainbow features, you need to put something on the line. Um, And so, you know, like you, for example, like, it queer is very much in your uh, in your press release. You've mentioned you've talked about collaborating with queer artists, with you know performing on queer stages. You know, like you have it yeah. pretty. You know, like it's there. And like again, like I don't. You can identify however you want. You can come out of the closet at whatever pace you take. But like again, if you want the pink money, if yeah. you want the rainbow clicks, you gotta have. You gotta say something about it. You gotta be. You yeah. gotta be on the line. You can't just use us. You know, like you gotta risk something. Like I've been, you know, I've been calling yeah. myself a fag on the show for clear, close to three hundred episodes. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm. It's pretty clear. And like, if you don't want to, like, and I will read you to filth if you don't take me seriously because I'm a fag. You know, yeah. and it is what it is. I will read you a belief beneath the ground, darling. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, to for me, like that really rubbed. Like I and and he's not the only one. A lot of artists do this where they like you know you know put a song and like you know with like their same you know pronouns and be like oh wink wink nudge nudge and it's like that's cute that's cute and and maybe he is queer i don't know like i mean i you know i have heard things confirming that but um slander uh, allegedly allegedly (laughs) (laughs) um but you know like again for me it's like if you want to ride the wave you got to pay for the surfboard you know what i mean so yeah yeah, like, I don't yeah. know, that's, that's... No, I completely agree. And that's actually, like, I remember him being on, like, a press release. I didn't remember, like, what it was actually about. So that's really cool to know, too. Because, like, as someone who is, like, whether I'm doing music or not, like, this shit affects me on a daily level. Like, it doesn't even matter where I live, I'm sure. But, like, especially living here and trying to, like, hold a job even mm-hmm. or, like trying to apply for anything and like trying to like having to navigate like how much am I out how much am I not I mean I am out like I've been out like Orbit Pluto actually was like my coming out album which sounds okay. like kind of corny but like it just worked out that way because it just was the timing and it's just like such an integral part of my life and it's just something that whether I like it or not like inserts itself in, into anything I make and so by the time I was finished with Orbit Pluto I was like oh shit like <laughs> 
this is all I'm talking about the whole album. Is did like, I spill too much tea? Oh shit. Like I absolutely did. But that's why I was just like, the thing that matters to me the most is just like being honest. And yeah. for me, like as a perfectionist, like I would rather put something out that's like kind of shitty and like maybe not mixed properly, like salty, but like be completely honest in that album. And like, yeah. I don't even care if anyone listens to it. Like that was just so important for me to put out. And so like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this before. So I wanted to say it now too, but one of the songs on Salty is called East Temple. Okay. Um, where I live in Salt Lake City, like there's like the giant like Mormon temple. Sure. Um, and the way the city was constructed by like the Mormon like pioneers when they first got here was like all radiating from the temple. So there's like North Temple Street, there's South Temple, there's West Temple. Um, but for some reason, East Temple doesn't really exist. Like it's just kind of like a different street. It's like Main Street or something. And so like where I live and where I was like running around before the pandemic and then during the pandemic trying to write music, but also just like being in a fucking pandemic and like <laughs> dealing yeah. with all the shit that comes with that. Like I was just using, so I, East Temple is like very, very specifically, like very dramatically about my upbringing in the church and wow. like how as like a queer person here, like trying to like reclaim myself. And like, I have a very like ne negative experience with the church and like, very traumatic so like I was very real about that on salty and that's why like I didn't even want to pay anyone else to like mix it like I just kind of like watched my YouTube videos and kind of sure. like I was like eh, it's not great but I'm gonna put it out <laughs> anyway. um because <laughs> it was honest and so yeah. like for me like that's like life or death to me like I will not put something out if it's not real and like I will like spend hours like crying and stressing making sure that it is real because that matters more to me mm -hmm. um so yeah now i'm pissed can we change the song <laughs> <laughs> no no uh, i think i mean this conversation is good like again like i i and again like i'm not again i don't I, i'm not mad at him i just want people to ask more questions you know like yeah like, i'm so I, glad yeah yeah i think i think it's important i i wanna i wanna uh, because again like uh you mentioned you know the 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 challenges of being queer uh in the church uh again because like i feel like most ex you know foreigner for, and by foreign i mean like ex external to utah most people just know <laughs> like you know like oh it's you know like the the, the mormons hate the gays or whatever like what mm -hmm. are some of the the I guess what what are some of the real concerns or or challenges that like a queer person uh, faces in you know day to day in in Utah? Uh, just for again, like I kind of have a pretty solid idea, but again, for folks listening at home. Sure, I mean, like I've done a pretty good job, like thank God, of like eliminating church stuff from my life. Like even though the temple is right there, and like I can't okay. escape it in any way. So I don't know about a whole lot of like the very very current like two day stuff but like i grew up in the church and i just know that like as far as those policies go like it was only a few years ago when they put out kind of like this statement and this is just one of like hundreds of things right like mm -hmm. we could go on forever but one thing that was like a little bit bigger in the media was um when they were decided to prohibit the um children of what was it of like gay parents to get baptized okay. or something to like kind of go through that ritual of like really becoming like a member i might even be fucking that up because my i'm just my brain is really trying to like delete the okay. from my memory. i couldn't <laughs> blame you yeah 
Um, but it there's there's like a lot of moments like that. And then like also like the church has a history of preventing black people from holding that same like priesthood so-called like authority and like that power. And that was a very recent thing, like historically that they even changed. And then like even like just where the money goes and how like you have to like pay a certain amount and that money just goes to like fund these temples and these places and missionaries being like a whole part of the same colonizing project that they have always been a part of. I mean, there's just so many layers to it. And then of course, like Utah being predominantly like a white place too, like the white supremacy that really like infiltrates everything else makes it all like messier than I can even put words in like it just it just it's so it's just so infuriating so yeah and and like even the law lawmakers like a lot of like the higher people in authority who have that power are also like part of the church or they're like being paid out by the church so it's just they just have such a big sway over like the decisions that happen that affect people even if you're not in part of the church so there's a lot of really painful layers but I also want to mention though so one thing that I think is kind of cute is like I looked this up the other day and I don't know like what the metrics are, right? But like <laughs> Salt Lake City is like one of the gayest cities, I guess, like in the Yay. United States. Yay. So it's like, it's also kind of cute because like what with what you were saying earlier, like I think being in a very conservative environment in a lot of ways is like yeah. what radicalized me even more. <laughs> like sure. I don't know how I would have been if I was living somewhere else. Like I would assume I would be kind of the same, but um having such a limited kind of like community or like environment in in some ways, like at least when I was growing up in the church and didn't know any better, like that really pushed me to like look for it and like really pushed me to like study it. And like I went into social justice Uh in college and shit like that. Like it just, it just is all very connected to me. So. Um, Before, before stepping away from Salt Lake city, I mean, I think we're done with, with the Mormons, but, (laughs) um, but like, (laughs) Yeah, like I don't, you know, this is not trauma porn, the podcast, Um, but it, it, um, but I'm thinking about, uh, again, like a a lot of musicians, for example, listen to the show. um, And if they're on tour, what are some cool or like even like, I mean, music fans listen to this. If I'm in Salt Lake City and I want to go catch a show, where do I do it? What are, what are some spots to check out? What are some parties? What are some promoters? What are some, you know, folks? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm pretty picky, so I'm probably not the best person to ask, but I will mention what's popular. (laughs) I will mention the places that are popular, and then I'll mention the places I actually like, um, because they're different. Okay, (laughs) that's fair. Okay, yeah, I mean, who knows how it's going to be after the pandemic, right? But um, some of, like, the local, like, hotspots, like, the places that you, like, every local artist has, like, played at or, like, will be playing at. There's Urban Lounge. Okay. it's two blocks away from where i live work we like that very very cute um they've got a little bar so you can actually get drinks while you're watching the performance which is a little bit more rare here (laughs) exactly um there's also a cute venue it's really really tiny and so diy which is why i love it it's called Mm -hmm. kilby court um it's like built into like one of like those containers you know, like one of those like big like trailer oh, size containers. Total, yeah, 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 totally, yeah. So there's like one where the stage is in, and then there's like one where you can have the merch, and then there's like a fire pit outside in the middle, and it's really cute. Lit. Um, some of the bigger venues, there's Metro, there's the Complex, which is like if you were catching someone like bigger from like out of town, they would probably be there. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's also like the really cute local like Twilight concert series, which I played at 
last year virtually during the pandemic. What's that? That sounds cool. It was cute. Um, usually they bring out like a headlining artist that is like bigger. So there's been like Lupe Fiasco, cool. um, like so many, so many artists. But this year or like this past year during the pandemic, they just kept it local. Mm-hmm. And so they did like a virtual recorded performance that me and, and some local artists were a part of. And then they streamed it. Um, so that was really cute. Um, yeah, those are some of the ones that come to my head. No, that's that's perfect. Again, it's a yeah. it's a good it's a, like again like me as a as a regular regular guy. I mean, at this point, I would probably <laughs> hit you up before going to Salt Lake City. But like, you know, like I this is the kind of stuff that I live for. Just like I have forty eight hours in this city. You know, yeah. where do I catch a show? You know. Um, exactly. So, so that's really, really great. Um, and I think we're reaching the end of this uh, episode. I mean, this, you know, the, the, the church and Omar Apollo talk really <laughs> was a moment, which I live and it's all staying in dear, dear listeners. Song messy. It's we, we have mess in the name for a reason, dear listeners. Um, and um, I would like you to remind our listeners uh, where they can follow you on uh, social media, where they can listen to your music, uh, if available for purchase, where they can purchase uh, all of your music, including the brand new record, Omizu Diosa. Uh, let us know. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm mainly on Instagram because I love the visual shit. Um, it's at marina.marquesa. Um, and then, yeah, you can buy. I mean, my stuff is streaming everywhere. So all the popular stuff. I love people who support me on SoundCloud because, you know, it's just cute and independent. Sure. And like if you follow me on SoundCloud, like that means something to me. <laughs> so <laughs> um, if you go to my Instagram and just click the link tree, like you've got all the stuff there. If you want to support me directly, I've got a band camp. But you know what? If you just listen to something and DM me what your favorite song was, like that would just make my whole day. So and, and and dear listeners, again, we here at Songmas are champions of Bandcamp, not just because I write for them, but because Bandcamp oh. is really lit lit. And like, again, as, as you said, like it's a way of supporting the artist directly, putting money directly into an artist's pocket. And again, we are currently in a Lil Nas X's panini. So like oh. you need to like really support <laughs> the artists because uh, Spotify certainly ain't doing it. Tell me when you need <laughs> Um, and yes, so yeah, Bandcamp, Liddy Lit. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to remind you all that my name is Richard Villegas and this is Song Mess and you can listen to this episode along with uh, close to 300 other episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms that uh, might be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, probably, you know, uh, uh uh, okay cupid or something um and we are also available on social media facebook twitter instagram all at Songmas. uh if you want to hit us up with your new uh album uh video whatever you know not feedback i'm not really interested in all that but um you can send us an email to songmasmusic at gmail.com um i'm very 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 happy to take a listen uh, it might take me a minute because i am busy uh, but i will get to it i promise um and uh you know there's also the bops playlist which i always link to in our show notes as well as our teeny tiny little uh online store songmess.threadless.com if you want to buy a t-shirt again we also need the support um and it's all going to be linked uh in the show notes so that you guys don't uh, miss out on absolutely anything um we have one more song from marquesa uh by the way if you guys ever look for orbit pluto it should be uh under it's under marina I think it's it, but you know, you can link it's their both accounts are linked on Spotify. So you should be able to find them. Um, but tell us about 
uh, Nocturnal, which uh, is, again, my personal favorite song on, on the EP. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot. Um, it's also cool to know, but yeah. So it gives me like an old '90s house moment. I was like fully like, yeah. I was just like, mm. yes, exactly. <laughs> and see, this is where I have to plug Adam Fuller again because Omiza Diosa was a collaboration between me and Adam, mm-hmm. and we pretty equally like. If you go down the credits, it's like pretty fifty-fifty. We pretty much co-produced everything. So okay. Nocturno and Curione both were like more Adam musically. And then like I co-produced it and like helped out with a lot of those instrumentations. So yeah, Omisa Diosa is like in the layers of the ocean. So the first song is like the surface. It's bright, okay. it's glittery. The middle one is starting to get a little bit more muddled, a little bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like Nocturno being like about the deep sea it's about the darkness it's about those feelings it's about that lust but it's also about that mystery and it really represents for me like when you are feeling something that is just like so overpowering like almost like overstimulating you know whether it's a good or a bad thing like wanting to explore that more and I use the deep sea as that sort of like exploration because I'm very fascinated by the ocean (laughs) and someday still want to be a marine biologist um and so (laughs) that is my that's sort of like my thing with that and I also wanted to mention too that outro is something that me and Adam created together like in like maybe like 10 minutes we created that whole outro and it's the very end where I sing in Japanese English and Spanish sentence um and I'm saying like as this water goddess of the sea kind of a thing. Um, I'm never going to be able to be watered down. You can't water me down. I'm doing my thing. It was kind of like my outro for Omizudiosa and just really solidifying, like not just a message to other people, but like to myself, like I am really trying to be honest. Like I'm really trying. And that was like my statement. Um, but yeah, that's the song. And I also just really want to shout out Adam Fuller. You got to check him out too on Spotify and all those places. He's just an amazing producer and musician and also happens to be my partner. So Hey, I'll make sure. Oh, well, I mean, shit. I'll make sure to link him as well in the show notes. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's, that's a plug right there. Um, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, again, uh, dear listeners, I think that's the quote. I think that's the vibe. Uh, again, we're going to listen to Nocturno. This is by Marquesa. Again, my uh, guest is Marquesa or Marina Marquesa, uh, depending on, you know, where you follow. Um, and I'm Richard Villegas. This is Songmas. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Marina, for taking the time on a Thursday, on a Wednesday night. I'm sure you had a long day. Um, and thank you for being messy with me um had a great time thank you so much for having me i always love the opportunity to be messy man i don't (laughs) have a chance here so i've been on zoom meetings all day with my boss like so thank you (laughs) (laughs) well again that's the that's the that's the that's yeah that's the closer right there again this is marquesa the song is called nocturno the new ep is called omisu diosa although i highly recommend you check all of her back catalog including orbit pluto and salty um and with that i say you know enjoy and we'll catch you guys next time
Right, I can do this all night 